Shabbos Dapei Beis, the famous Rav Huna, asks Rabbi his son, I don't understand, why don't you take advantage of the Rav Chizda, who is extremely smart and sharp, says Rabbi, because every time I go to him, I don't learn Torah. He teaches us how to use the bathroom, don't sit down quickly, don't strain yourself, the body has three shini karkashto, you might blow one out, you'll ruin the whole system, it's a sakana. Says Rav Huna, Rabbi, you need to learn how to save yourself, how to keep your body intact. If a person has two options of toilet paper, one is a stone, and one is a shard of earthenware. Which one should I use? Earthenware is dangerous. It can cut you. This kishof, a stone, is mokta. Says Rav Huna, use the stone rather than put yourself in sakana. Says Rav Chizda, no. It's better to use a shard than to use mokta. In fact, the b'raisa says, just like Rav Chizda, you should use the earthenware. So what's Rav Huna going to do? Rav Huna will say, that b'raisa is talking about earthenware that's not dangerous at all. It's nice and smooth. What if a person has two options? Grass and a stone. And according to the second Shana Rashi, we're talking about Shabbos. Grass is also slightly abrasive and dangerous. Machlaikis, Rav Chizda, and Rav Amnuna. The big problem is, there's a concept when it comes to toilet paper that you're not allowed to use toilet paper that's flammable. What, why we do so today is a different problem. The Magan Avram talks about it, the Ramah. The Ramah says, that's what people do. Uh, some say, how do we use grass as the Gemara? Because this grass is moist, and therefore it's not flammable. If a person needs to go to the bathroom, he needs to relieve himself and he holds himself back, machloik is what happens between Rav Chizna and Rav Vina. Either he'll have bad breath, Rashi explains, the decaying food will rise, or he'll simply have bad body odor from the Bryce's mashma that is bad body odor. If a person physically can't relieve himself, constipated, number of tricks, according to Rav Chizna, he should stand up and sit down, stand up and sit down. In fact, Rabbi Yirmiya says, I saw with my own eyes an Arab that did so, and he spilled out like a pot that spills over. Rav Khanan says, a person not only should stand up and sit down, that's great, but he also has to walk a little bit. Find another place, and therefore, this fits into the halacha, that if a person is about to have a very long meal, and is embarrassed to stop in the middle of the meal, and take a break, so before the meal, he should either walk four times ten amais, or ten times four amais, which is helpful in the relief. The mission tells us, if a person has a piece of earthenware, a shard of earthenware, what is the shear that would be chayyeh for Yitzhak taking out from one rishos to another rishos? Three-way machlegs. Rebuda says, enough that you can put between beams when you stack up beams. Remeir says, enough to hold a coal, fire. And Rebbe says, enough to hold a revius of water. Remeir says, I have a zeicher, a hint from the Pasuk. When the, tire, when the Navi talks about the churban, the Akush Baruch is going to destroy things to the point where you can't even hold a coal in a piece of earthenware. So you see, earthenware, in order to be chashev, has to hold a coal. Says Rabbi Yossi, but if you just continue to the end of the Pasuk, it says, and Akush Baruch will destroy it to a point where you can't hold water in the earthenware. Rameir will explain that the, the, what the Pasuk is saying is, first, Akush Baruch will destroy everything that has value, such as things that hold fire. And then it'll destroy things that, even things that don't have value. From the Pasuk itself, you can understand that Rameyer's shear of holding fire is greater than the shear of a Revius. Because it just makes sense. The Pasuk starts off with a large item. I will destroy the larger items. Then Akash Baruch will destroy the smaller items. Says Abayi, and that's how you have to explain in our mission as well. We're dealing with a very large bonfire. You cannot walk over to a large bonfire with a small piece of shard earthenware and pick up a coal. You'll get burned. You, we're dealing with a very large piece of earthenware so that from a distance you could grab a coal. And with that we finish the Perik, Hamaiti Yayin, and we begin the Perik, Omer Rebekiva. We're dealing with a, a bunch of Mishnayis that teach us where do we learn different halachas. 
not necessarily have to do with Hilchah Shabbos. Eventually, we're going to get to Hilchah Shabbos of Milo. And the first halacha is about Avedi Zara. Rabbi Kiva says, I know that Avedi Zara, Ba'asmachta, not a Mefurush Apostolic, but some hint from a Apostolic, Avedi Zara is Metame B'Masa. Maga is if you touch something. Masa, if you lift up the Avedi Zara, even though you're not physically touching it, it's in a box, you become Tomei, just like Anida. If you if uh, Anida picks something up, or you pick up Anida, you become Tomei, as the Pasuk says, Tizrei Kemoi Dava. You should throw out David Zara like Anida. Say Toy Marloi. Get out of here, tell David Zara. The Brysa says that if a Jew built a wall, and then a non Jew built three walls around his wall, and made that wall that the Jew built into David Zara, and the wall fell down, the Jew can no longer rebuild that wall because he'll be helping David Zara. What does he do with the broken? First of all, he has to distance himself four amas from that wall and build another wall. But what does he do with the leftover stones? They are mitama, according to Rabbi Akiva, bimasa, just like Anida. Rava explains that according to everybody, Avadis Zara has a hekesh to Nida, and therefore Avadis Zara is mitama bimasa. Where is the machlokes? The machlokes is in a concept called Evan misama. Evan Misama is a very large boulder that's suspended. And if there's a Zav, Zav Anida on top, the t- unbelievable Chiddush, the Tumah travels right through the stone, which is typically not Mechabal Tumah. Through the stone is Metama any Kli that's below the stone. Machlegis says, do, do we learn that concept that is by Anida? Do we learn that concept to have a desire? Rabbi Kiva says yes. And Chachamim say no, because we learn from a Sheretz. And a Sheretz does not have that Tumah. What does Rabbi Kiva do with that package that we learned from Sharetz? That the Mishamshim of Abedizara, a Kli that held Abedizara, is not Metama B'Masa, but is Metama B'Maga. And what do Rabbanu do with the Hekesh of Abedizara to Anida? That's Metama B'Masa, but there is no Eve Mishama. Why? Because Chacham learned the Hekesh of Nida to Abedizara that tells the concept of Eivarim. That is, if Elim, Rahman and Slan, is cut off from a nida, that limb loses the Tumas nida, gains a new Tumas of Tumas Eber Menachai, so it's Metame Ba'oyal, B'Masa B'Maga, B'Nat Be'Eve Misama. So too, Avedizara is not Metama B'Eve Misama, and is not Metama B'Evar. The fact that Rav Chama, on Tamar's Daf, had a suffix whether or not this Evarim, if a limb of Avedizara is detached, it's one of these attachable Avedizara's pieces come on and off. One piece came off. Is that Metama Be'evarim? Over here you see it's not, according to Chacham. Obviously we have to say Rav Chacham was asking in Rebbe Kiva. Does Rebbe Kiva use his Hekish all the way through, even if it means that it will be a Kula? By saying that there is no Tumah on that Aver. Rebbe Lazar learns the whole new Pshat in the Gemara. According to everybody, there's no Evan Mesama by Avedizara. Even Rabbi Kiva holds, there's no concept of Evan Misama by Avadizara. So where's the Machlis between Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim? Whether or not there's Tumas Masa by Avadizara. Rabbi Kiva says, yes, I learned from Anida that there's Tumas Masa. Rabbi Kiva says, no, I learned from Sheretz that there's no Tumas Masa. And Rabbi Kiva learns the Hekesh that sh- from Sheretz that the Mishamshim of a Sheretz, the Kli of Avadizara, is not Metam Masa. And Rabbanon are going to learn the Hekish Tanida that is no Tuma Be'evarim. Have a wonderful day.